Welcome to Perspective Transformation Radio, enjoying its 10th anniversary, often the number one live airing broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, and reaching a global audience of over 185,000 listeners. During this hour-long interview-style program, you'll meet Perspective Transformers, who come to share their most pivotal, life-changing insights and aha moments, offering you instant access to life, leadership, and God-loving seismic shifts of your own. We encourage you to invite friends to join you here now or share quotes with attribution and also reach out to our sponsor, womenspeakers.com. Womenspeakers.com is the most popular online connecting place for Christian event planners and Christian women speakers since 2002. I'm your host, Marnie Swedberg, and I encourage you to grab a notepad and get ready to meet today's Perspective Transformer. Hey everybody, Marnie Swedberg here with WomenSpeakers.com. Excited to introduce you today to one of our featured speakers, Veronica Joy Clapedlo of Simi Valley, California. Welcome to you, Veronica. I'm so excited to be with you today, Marnie. It's like visiting with a girlfriend and getting to praise the Lord all at the same time. <laughs> right. And it's so fun to be together anytime. And your history includes some tough stuff that led you to a point of despair and depression. Maybe just give us a little teeny background on that before we get to your aha moments. Well, I was brought up Jewish and I was brought up in a home that was dysfunctional. And I know most of us come from dysfunctional homes, but uh, my dad was a drug addict and my mother an alcoholic. And it was kind of craziness in our house. And not only that, what was added in the mix was uh, my brother was killed in a car accident when he was 13. Mm. So that kind of just really threw us all into great dysfunction. And, um, I came to the point after my father had died and my mother was in the throes of death. She had uh, succumbed to uh, cancer and my father uh, died of a drug overdose. And so at that point I was so depressed and I had such bad panic and anxiety disorder that I went down to 89 pounds. And I finally told my husband he had to take me somewhere. He had to help me in some way. And he brought me to a hospital on Long Island and it was there that I met the savior. I was, um, I was put in a room with a woman. My body was shaking so bad. And she, from the kindness of her heart, handed me these prayer cards. And they were New Testament prayer cards. And they kept talking about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm Jewish. So I prayed to the Lord. And I said, Lord, if Jesus is the boy, please show me. And with mm. that, my body stopped shaking. I had a peace that just just waved over me. The nurse came in to take my vital signs and she said, what did you do? You're not on medication. You just, you just came in here. You were about to have a stroke. Your blood pressure was so high. And now everything is normal. Wow. And I just looked at her and I said, I just prayed to Jesus. Oh. And from that moment on, I knew that mm -hmm. Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the Messiah. And that was my greatest aha moment ever in my life. Wow. That's awesome. And you have gone on. God is using you to help and to touch and to encourage women all over the place with his love and his light. And so it's so fun to have you here and to get to hear that. And also we're going to just dive right into your ahas because I want to share these. You've got some amazing insights here. The first one is don't miss the boat. But until then, float. 
Well, that's because we know that we're always going to miss the boat. Practically all the time, I miss the boat. But what this means is that until God gives you another opportunity, just float, just rest in the Lord. And this aha moment came. I was brought up in the Calvary Chapel movement. And it came one evening when we were having what they call an afterglow. And that's when we just wait on the Lord. We open our Bibles. We give each other encouragement. And I was rather new in the Lord. So the Lord said to me, read Psalm 139. And I was so afraid. I'm like, Lord, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. And with that, the person in front of me stood up and started reading Psalm 139. (laughs) And it's so ironic because if you look at that heading of Psalm 139, it's about God knowing and having perfect knowledge of man. And it was so funny when I really read through the Psalm, I'm like, Lord, you know my ways. And you knew that I would miss the boat on this one. And you sent somebody else in, but I missed the opportunity to glorify and serve the Lord at that moment. And it was such an aha moment. I will never forget it. So when I hear the voice of the Lord and he tells me to do something, I'm not going to miss the boat. I'm getting on that boat. But sometimes we do. So I'm not going to say we're perfect or I'm perfect, but then I'll just float and rest in the Lord until the next opportunity. I love it that you started that with, and we always will, because... (laughs) <laughs> because that's how it feels. I mean, we always don't, but you know, I always, for a long, many years, I'd say God had to talk to me three times before I'd ever pay attention to him. You know, it'd be three times every time, you know, now I've gotten better at it where I can sometimes hear him even the first time. And then it's the matter of, am I going to respond the first time? But uh, you know, it, it is so true that we often miss the boat and that's a little discouraging for us, but God's got it. Oh man, he does. Carrying your yoke is no joke. This is about trying to carry burdens in your life. You know, I don't know about you, but like when it comes to my husband, I sometimes think I'm the Holy Spirit and that I'm just going to speak all these things into his life. Well, this aha moment came before my husband knew the Lord, before he came to the Lord, and I was fasting and praying for him. And as I'm fasting and praying for him, the Lord says to me, go get your history devotional book. And I got this really cool history devotional book from a friend. So I start to turn to the page of the date that we were on. And the Lord says to me, no, turn to your husband's birthday. Hmm. And I'm like, that's really interesting, you know. So I turn to my husband's birthday, which is... June 30th, and this is what the heading says, Marnie. It says, if you can't change your husband, God can. (laughs) And at that moment, I knew God was saying to me, let go of the yoke. Take the easy yoke. Take the easy yoke. (laughs) Let your burden be light. You cannot change your husband. Only the Holy Spirit can do that work. And, um, it was such a great lesson. And anyway, the devotion goes on to talk about Robert E. Lee's wife and how she was fasting and praying for her husband and how no matter what she did, she couldn't change him. But in the end, the Lord changed him. And it was the same Amen. for me. God was faithful. In Aww. the end, the Lord drew my husband to him. Oh, I love that one. 
Stinking thinking causes sinking. (laughs) Yes. You know how they talk about depression being a pit? Like we're sinking into a pit. Well, the way that we get there is through our stinking thinking. And this aha moment came um, after many years of battling depression and um, and being in the word. The word is so important to our walk with the Lord. You know, I went to regular therapy and in regular therapy, they have something called cognitive therapy. That's thought therapy. Right. But God showed me in the word that there is a Christian cognitive therapy. You see, because the worldly therapy lacks something. It lacks um, filling in the blanks. It just kind of, you kind of just look at yourself. You look at what you're feeling, but it doesn't give you any um, path to go down. But with this, we know that. Romans tells us that we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We know that 2 Corinthians says that we ought to demolish all the arguments, every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we're to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So through those two scriptures, the Lord showed me this therapy. And what I would do is when I started feeling bad, I would start examining my thoughts and I'd say, okay, what is the lie that I believe here? What is it that is setting itself up against the pretense of Christ? And I would then go to the word and I'd say, okay, Lord, show me, show me the truth. And a really good example of this was after my two parents died, I was feeling sorry for myself. And I'm like, Lord, I'm an orphan now. I'm just an orphan. And I was just feeling so blue, you know, and the Lord said, no, no. My word tells you that you are a child of God. My word tells you that you have a father in heaven who loves you, who will never leave you, never forsake you. You are not an orphan. And so we have to take that stinking thinking that really um, just plays with us and sinks us into depression and anxiety. And we have to hold it up to the obedience of Christ. A very important aha moment in my life. That's so beautiful and so true. So true. And I love it that God has given us a way to do this um, therapy. I don't know, not that you never need help. Obviously, there are times when it's critical. But so many times it is just capturing the thought and saying, I see that thought for what it is. And it's not lining up with what God says about me. (laughs) I agree, sister. I agree. I have a little saying that I use. It's like, now that's a thought. (laughs) Is it lining up with Jesus or isn't it? You know, there you go. That's the whole important part of the whole thing. I love this next one. Boo hoo. It's not about you. (laughs) This is because I was feeling sorry for myself. And that's one of the parts of depression that comes up very often is you start really feeling sorry about yourself for different things. And so um, this whole happened, this aha moment, it took probably about a good six months for this aha moment to happen because I was really happy in my life. I was happy with the plan God had for me. I was the head of women's ministry. I was speaking all over the place. I was teaching a Bible study. I was just flowing in the spirit. And then one day I'm driving past a friend's house that lived on my block. And the Lord said to me, find out if there's a position open in the nonprofit company, this Christian nonprofit company that she worked for. And I'm like, but 
I'm happy with what I'm doing. This is just great. I'm just loving it. You know, I'm flowing, Lord. But the Holy mm. Spirit would not leave me alone until I contacted this person. And so I contacted her and she goes, oh, it's so funny. We just have an opening and we haven't even advertised it yet. I'm going to recommend you just set up an interview. So I set up the interview. I got the position. And um, it was a position in this company where I would write thank you notes and thank you phone calls, except I felt like I was in prison, Marnie, because from six o'clock in the morning till six o'clock at night, I had no freedom to serve the Lord the way I wanted to. And um, I had to do this job. And I was like, anybody can do this job, Lord. So um, I was in a very boohoo time. And I would say to the Lord, but I, I feel like I'm prison. I'm in prison, Lord. I, I just want freedom, you know. And the Lord, in his grace, had one of the women ask me if I would be willing to teach a Bible study at this place for the women during lunch. So I'm like, okay, Lord, they want me to do a Bible study. I'm so excited. What should I do? And the Lord said, the book of Philippians. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And here again is God's sense of humor because when I started studying the book of Philippians, first of all, it is a thank you note to the church at Philippi, thanking them for all their support for the Apostle Paul. So here I am writing thank you notes, and now I'm teaching on a thank you note. And then Paul actually wrote this book from prison himself. And so I just wow. saw the humor in the way that the Lord had done that, you know, and then I just there were things that happened while I was employed there that were just the hand of the Lord. And I just have to say, every time that I would go to the Lord and I would say, oh, but I want to be doing this and I want and the Lord would say to me, it's not about you. And I would have to remember that this walk is not about what I like. It's about God and his plan and how I fit into his plan. Not how he fits into my plan. Right. Although we do sometimes do it. <laughs> that missed the boat moment. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I know for me too, self-pity has been really one of those things that I just don't, if I notice that I'm going there, I just don't allow it at all. And I've heard different people say, you know, maybe they allow it for 15 minutes or a day or something. But for me, it's such a slippery slope down into such mm -hmm. a dark place. And it's like, why would I want to go there? Jesus, help me. You know, just yeah, help me yeah. not go I there. Agree. I um, agree. Well, you have such a beautiful story and a beautiful way of expressing yourself. I love how your, your uh, quotes mostly rhyme and are fun. <laughs> Right. And you guys want to be sure to check out Veronica Joy's uh, speaking availability over at womenspeakers.com under California. She'll come up or at her own website, which is, of course, joyfilledministries.com. And uh, Veronica, if they go over there, what will they find at your website? Um, well, they'll find some teaching. I've done uh, the whole book of Revelation and the book of Daniel. And so you'll find teachings there. You'll find um, recordings of other teachings that I've done. You'll find my testimony. Um, you'll find uh, more about me and my personal life, who I am in the Lord, about my children and just lots of good stuff. And now I'm a grandma, so I'm really thrilled. God <laughs> is good. God is good. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Marnie. I really appreciate this time.
Cody from Womenspeakers.com. Excited to have you with us this afternoon for our interview with Deb Copeland. Welcome to you, Deb. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, I always love minutes spent with you. So this is exciting to get to share some of your favorite aha moments. And you hail from Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, where you live. And your website is DebSpeaks.com. So let's go ahead and dive right in. All righty. Your first aha quote is, for now. For now, this is happening, but it isn't forever. That's right. For now, to me, was adopted actually by some of the gals that work around me. They had a little mm-hmm. sign made up for me that says for now, and it hangs in my kitchen. But that stemmed from teaching so many women. You know, it's one thing to tell someone this isn't forever. It's only right. for a period of time. To have faith, keep walking. But I've actually had to live that because I've had quite a few health problems. And that's really my mantra in my prayer time during those flare ups of lupus or the things mm-hmm. that have happened to me in my lifetime. Um, we would give up if we thought it was forever. It's just the way I bring my mind back around and try to teach others to this is for now. And this is where the Lord has me. And this is where the Lord can use me. Mm. Do you remember at what point in your life God brought that? to your mind the for now? I don't know, but I guess I've been saying it for about 10 years now. They say. <laughs> been a while, been a while. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I have a friend who says this, This um, it came to pass. That, that's her thing. It came to pass. No matter right. what it is, if it's good or bad or if it's otherwise, it just came to pass. So you're just here for a moment. Right. So for now, I'm right here. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that being very present in the moment, even if it's a moment that you wish wasn't there. I think about Paul in prison and what if he hadn't have embraced the four now? Right. You know, right. Wow. We wouldn't have half the Bible. <laughs> the can, I think we can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It kind of segues actually into something too, that I believe that if I live my life as a woman of his dreams, then it's going to be interesting. Some of the stages and the places that I am. If I live my life for the woman of my dreams, I'm trying to navigate that and stay out of all those bad spots. But with him, right, 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 Right. exactly. (laughs) No, you're right. You're right. And sometimes, obviously, he has to take us through an area to get to where we're going. Right. It's, you know, yeah, I love it for now. Mm -hmm. Time on task. Time on task for me is... When I'm teaching, you know, it's one thing to say we're a Christian woman. It's one thing to say we spend our time uh, focusing on the Lord, etc. But if we were going to be a professional golfer, we would be golfing every day. A tennis player, <laughs> if I want to be the number one tennis player, I better have a tennis racket in my hand. And I think that about so many things. You'll admire a woman knitting and you'll say, oh, my goodness, that is so beautiful. Well, it took time to get there. And in our lives and our walks, if we are not in the word of God and we are not soaking it up, what goes in this computer is going to come out. So hopefully that's biblical sayings and phrases that will carry and sustain and edify and glorify. But if I'm not spending that time, it's going to show. It's going to show in reckless behavior of some sort or something that's not pleasing to the Lord. You know, we all speak. So sometimes we'll even begin our prayer with, Lord, check the meditations of my soul and my heart and let your words come out of my mouth. 
but we can't ask these things if we're not doing our part. So I believe time on task for me is a reminder of what I need to do. If I'm going to do this walk good, if I'm going to at the end hear, well done, my good, faithful Deb, you know, it takes that time. Yeah. And it really can be applied across the board, though, too, right? I mean, it obviously can be applied to our spiritual walk with God putting the time in. But then it can be applied to whatever he's called us to do as far as a project right now, too. Are you putting the time in that it really takes? That's right. Um, Yeah, it's just a great, it's a great, uh, a great reminder. Because the outcome is going to be the report card. I mean, the outcome generally is tied to how much time you've spent on it. Yeah, yeah, typically. Grow up in Christ, mature in your walk, and live a life worthy of the calling. I think about our maturation as Christians. I think about the poor me's. And that's when I say, grow up in Christ. I mean, if Mm -hmm. you are going to be the woman of his dreams and not the woman of your own, then you have to grow. You are going to have to grow. And we don't think of that maturation process. We think of our children and the babies we've had or the grandbabies. We think of the milestones in their little walks. And it's a joy. But as Christians and me being 64, I look back at the maturation. And if when called for whatever the problem might have been, sickness, a trial, a brain tumor at one point, You know, if you don't get up and focus on growing up, in other words, why me? Why me? Why not me? And you hate to say that because it is all about you and you don't want any of that. But um, it's just the way that I believe we as Christians need to learn to try to walk in a maturing process and to take these times of of uh, some of the gals that I work with in addiction or or something like that to take that and say, okay, this is the next step. This is the growing up. This is the walking in faith. I think about your background and you've done so many things. Um, You know, you've a world class entrepreneur, former Fortune 500 executive, adoptive parent philanthropist. It just goes on and on and on. When you think of growing up in Christ as it relates to the many different things that God has called you to do. And all of them, you had to start somewhere and then grow into the full development of that. When you think of that, what do you think is like one of the hardest things to do as you're being grown up in a new area where you have, like as an adoptive parent, you never were one before and now you are one. <laughs> you know, now you're, now you're an executive or now you're starting a new company that you've never started before. Uh, you know, what, what do you feel like is the hardest stage? What's been the hardest stage for you in that growing up process? In any of the growing up, it would be the laying down control. <laughs> You know, sure. and yeah. um, and I've watched my husband. I'll never forget when I told him I wanted to adopt. He said, you are crazy. And a few days later, he came back in. He said, I can fight God and I can fight Deb <laughs> Copeland, but I can't fight you together. <laughs> and I even thought of that moment of dawn, how precious that was to see that played out, you know, before my eyes, just in a matter yeah. of hours. By really letting go and trusting God, not taking the control and browbeating him and fussing at him or or having a pity party. Just trusting God that we would do what God would have us do, not what Deb. You know, you can get confused. 
You know, you can all of a sudden be playing God. And it might sound like a great idea and it might sound like the um, kindest, most generous thing. But if it isn't what God calls us to do, we don't want it. We don't want to be part of it. Yeah. Absolutely not. Growing up for me, my maturation is in all things laying down my opinion, my control. Um, and that's coupled with fear and all those other things. But you just learn to lay that down and truly to trust and walk in God. Earlier in this interview, you said it two times, and now I'm trying to capture exactly how you said it. But you said something about us living the life God chooses for us instead of the life we plan for ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's the only way I survive. You know, yeah. I remember committing. Uh, there's a word I don't like, and you probably don't like it either. <laughs> Submission. And I remember the day that God had this talk with me about submitting. I'm not a submitter. I'm not in, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I like to like my not a leader, right? You're, you're just such a strong, a strong godly leader, right? To submit is, yeah, it's very, it does not come naturally. And I think it was at that point that um, I realized I had to grow up and be the woman of his dreams, that all the dreams I might have for myself were really null and void. And I also remembered the successful things that have happened in my life, I didn't have a plan for them. I remember when I started my business, I was poor. I was paying off college loans. I was working three jobs and I started typing bills for physicians at night, taking their things home, billing the insurance. And every day I would get another physicians. And I'm doing this while I'm working full time at the hospital. Mm-hmm. It started a temporary health service, which later became one employee to 4,000, over 4,000 when I sold. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a thought. I didn't have an idea. All I knew was a PA. I wasn't going to leave that, that profession. The big and beautiful things God has done in my life, I have no plans for them. So if I walk through the doors of being his girl, it's just where I'm supposed to be. And I think we thrive in that. We grow in that. So beautiful. We have time for one more here. I love this one. I know that I know. Oh, I guess my kids would be so tired of hearing that. (laughs) And probably all the ladies that I do Bible study with in group. But when I say that I know that I know, um, I love the word reckon. So imagine a farmer and at the end of the day, he he says, I reckon whatever. I, mean, I reckon I'm going to have corn and beans for dinner. Whatever. I love the word reckon because reckoning mm-hmm. to me is an accounting. It's a looking at the details. It's that it adds up. And so when I think of that, I just feel like it's I I'm reckoning. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Can you do you get that? Yeah, no, I do. I do. And when you say I know that I know, mm-hmm. what do you apply that to? Well, so for instance, the reckoning in that would be, okay, I can teach all day long faith and walking in faith, but it's not until you have a brain tumor and you're stuck in the hospital that you walk in that faith and you decide no matter what, no matter how this feels, I'm trusting God. It comes from somewhere. I believe it comes from time on task doing all the studying, the praying, the, the laying yourself down. But it also comes from uh, walking in that space. So suddenly, you know that the, the scriptures 
align with the situation. You know that your background, your whole life up to that moment aligns. I know that I know that I know that the Lord will redeem me, that he will sustain me. I've walked there. So maybe the difference between knowing up here in your head (laughs) and knowing down here in your heart. Uh, And I, you know, that's really something that only God can actually confirm to us. We, we can try all we want to try to get ourselves up here to know what we know down into our heart, but it really takes, I think, an act of God uh, to move it from head knowledge to heart knowledge. And a lot of times how he does that is through very difficult situations where, um, if, you know, you said earlier, if you didn't have God orchestrating your life, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be. So I think that we froze somehow. Oh, we lost you. How sad. Well, hopefully she'll be right back. We're just about at the end of our time here. So I want to let you guys know how you can get a hold of Deb to learn more about her. If you go over to womenspeakers.com and click on South Carolina, she's going to come right up there, Deb Copeland. And also her own website is Deb speaks.com she's available to be a speaker for your events and this is amazing guys because um she's she's had a really incredible life and her her testimony is so god-centric so if you need a great speaker presenter be sure to reach out to deb Marty Swedberg here with one of our featured speakers, Deborah Lovett of Bellbrook, Ohio. Welcome to you, Deborah. Welcome to you. Thanks <laughs> for having me. It's great to be together and uh, gotten to know your speaking ministry so much better over time here and excited about what God's doing to you and through you at womenofthewell.org is your website and your speaking ministry is all over the place and excited that you decided you could join me today for Facebook Live. I know this isn't your favorite thing, but thank you for being here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Before we came on, you said you live on a ranch. That's cool. Yes, 21 acres. We have two horses, three barn cats and lots of other critters. Ritters. Well, we are going to dive into some of your favorite aha moments with God, and I'm excited to share these. The first one is kind of like a phrase that you all have heard before, which is fake it until you make it, except that, Deborah, your phrase is faith it until you make it. And faith is all about God, and I am all about Mm -hmm. God. And so faith it until you make it, and then I put until heaven that is. Because in today's world, we talk a lot about IRL in real life. We talk about Instagram, how everything is insta-second. We can shop in a second. We talk about Facebook, where we have our face in the book, but we don't have our face, you know, in the real book that we should have it in. And so faith it until you make it really is about doing all those things, which I love Instagram, Facebook, and self-help books and all those things. But unless we put the faith behind that, it really isn't going to make it anything. And we want it to make it to heaven, whatever we're doing. We want it to be a deed that makes it to heaven. And so faith it until you make it to heaven is just one of my favorite, favorite (laughs) ones. Yeah, I love that. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about, you know, we can do all kinds of great things. We can even give up our body to be burned. But if we don't do it through God's agape love, it's not making it into heaven. 
you know, so the huge difference between a life of faith and a life of just life, you know, just, just doing the best we can. Yeah. And James uh, 2, 17, faith without deeds is dead. So yeah. Yeah. you want to be alive in Christ. Awesome. God's word is the closed captioning for the hearing impaired. This is one of my favorite quotes because when women come up to me after I speak and I use a lot of analogies and storytelling and metaphors when I'm speaking and they come up to me afterwards and they're always like, how do you hear God? Mm. And I found that my favorite way to answer that, and God gave me this, that his word was the closed caption for the hearing impaired. And so, because I don't know where they're at spiritually when they ask me that question. And so it's always a safe answer because if I can get them in the word, I can get them to hear God. Yeah. So God's word is the closed caption for the hearing impaired. (laughs) Love it. You are not being picked on. You are being picked out. Well, who doesn't want to be picked out, right? We don't want to be picked on. We want to be picked out. But when you're at the end of your rope and you need God to speak to you, sometimes this is what he'll tell us, is that we're not being picked on. We're being picked out. And in my book, Arise Out of the Ashes, it's really the thing that pulls the whole book together is that through my house burning down and all of the things that happened through that time period in my life, that God actually kind of whispered in my heart, my soul that I really wasn't being picked on, even though I thought I was, it felt like it. it. Yeah. I was being picked out. And so that made all the difference to me and really turned the story around and made me um, really work at going out and doing something with what he had given me that seemed like a trial and turned it into a testimony. So it was really a neat thing. Yeah. Picked out, not picked on. I've come, I'm coming that James chapter one section, you know, count it all joy when you fall into troubles, you know, because God's going to do something amazing and how we really have a hard time not focusing on the trouble. We have a hard time imagining that something good can come out of this. But the more that we have experienced that, like you in your life, you've experienced it, not just with the fire, but with multiple things, how you've seen God bring such good out of such bad Every single time, too. Yeah. I mean, I have goosebumps right now because <laughs> right. he has been so faithful through yeah. every trial, every trauma, every disaster. Yeah. And my life is not a sob story. My life is right. a life of God stories. And so right. that's why I, I just, it's true when Romans uh, 828, I think it is, that says, you know, all things work for the good of all those things. who love him, all yeah. things. So if we really yeah. believe in his word and we believe that he is not going to lie, that he, what his right. word says is truth, complete truth, mm-hmm. we'll see it come to pass. So it's exciting. You're not being picked on. You're being picked out, picked out for a blessing. So hang in there. I <laughs> love that one. Yes. Don't, don't get stuck on the sticky paper of life. 
<laughs> this is one of the women's favorite when I speak because we live on a farm and so we have mice problems. And my husband put sticky paper out in the garage one day. And instead of catching a little mouse, I caught a baby bird, which was so sad. And it so was so sad. little. It was so little and it was just so fleshy. And so I tried to get it off the sticky paper. And being the person that I am, I needed some traction to get that fleshy little foot off of the sticky paper. And so I put my foot on the sticky paper. Oh, no. <laughs> and so out of that became a story of how we, as people, as women, we will get involved with other women's mm -hmm. sticky papers, their problems. And sometimes mm -hmm. we let them bring us down with them mm -hmm. instead of bringing them up to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here I am trying to help this little bird and I'm, stuck on now you're stuck. yeah i'm stuck with him and we do this as women so often right. you know right. we mean well and we're trying mm -hmm. but then we end up down there in the hole or in the pit with them right. Right. and so i love that story and the women then i always ask you know so what is your sticky paper what is mm. where where are you stuck that you need right. to get stuck mm. so yeah, that's really cool the bird <laughs> I did get the bird off. Did you? Did. Save, save the bird. That's he awesome. Fly. He did fly. Aww. What we were meant to That's do. Good. Fly and good. be free. So it was a good story. Yeah, that's great. And and it is our temptation to, you know, try to be the savior in somebody's life to come too close to get too involved. Um, that's really a great analogy. Uh, careful with the sticky paper. <laughs> Thank you. When we drink the living water, we have the H2O to outlove, outlast, and outlive everyone. Well, we need that living water, don't we? And it is eternity. Living water is, it is the eternity of life. It, it flows from the throne room of God. And so it really does give us the advantage over every circumstance, every trial, every difficult situation. If we can just remember that if we can drink that living water, that we are going to be able to be overcomers. We're going to be able to, you know, outlast this because we are going to eternity someday. So I love, I just love the way the O's, you know, kind of tie in with the H2O because I love yeah. the water and my ministry is all about the water. So I love that. I do a training on burnout and how um, if if you're really tapping into God's strength through you to do what God's called you to do, burnout is not possible. That's that's not possible. Now, it is possible for God to shut off something in order to move you somewhere else. That's possible, you know, but if it's God's love and everything flowing through you to accomplish a work that he's called you to do. You can't burn out unless you are not receiving it from him and you're now trying to do it on your own. So I love the emphasis you have here, not only in this quote, but just in your whole ministry of being really God dependent and having to tap into him. If we're going to actually be successful at this life, 
this abundant life, this supernatural life, it's not about us performing for God. Maybe just talk about that for a second. It's not about us performing for God. Right. I, yeah. Behavior modification, I think <laughs> a lot of things that people try and do and they yeah. think that that's what Christianity is about. And it's yeah. not, it's yeah. not behavior modification. Yeah. Christ makes all things new. And so that's the faith to make it, you know, because he does make all things new. And it's where, I mean, all of my um, things that we're talking about here today are all about that. Just mm-hmm. being new and being filled. And my book, The Gushing Springs, is all about Jesus being the living water because when my house burned down, I really, I it was such a opposite of my ministry. I had been speaking about the, you know, the living water to women all across the country. And then all of a sudden my house burned to the ground and they couldn't get water to my house. And so it was such a pulling in my heart. And the Lord just showed me in so many ways that his word is truth. His word is the living water and that Jesus Christ comes in us and through yeah. us when we receive him. And so it's not a behavior modification. Yeah, I love that. Really beautiful. We need to advance the kingdom of God, not retreat. Well, I have been advancing in my own home here for many years. We have used our 21 acre retreat for a, uh, advances, not retreats, because I call them advances because I really feel like a retreat is a great thing. I speak at retreats and I love the Sabbath day. I love Sundays because I get to lay around and rest. (laughs) Yeah, I love to go to the spa for an hour. Everybody, every woman loves to retreat, but then it's time to advance. And so I just have always had that on my heart that we are to be advancing once we get out of that Bible study, once we get out of that retreat, once we get out of that Sunday rest, you know, our next step is to advance. That's what we're here for. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I have a definition of fail because uh, I always think, you know, what we're doing is we're failing forward. So in our own selves, we don't have the capacity to be God and to just do it all perfect the first time and just get it all right. And so I like to define failure as faithfully advancing in God's agape love, F-A-I-L, in love, and how it's all through God that we have any hope of accomplishing anything. And this advanced thing is so important that we don't let life pull us down, pull us back, stop us in our tracks, hold us still, Uh, when God means for us to be going forward. I agree. I mean, I just love the words arise and advance, you know, arise, advance, shine, go forward, do whatever, (laughs) call it whatever you want to call it, but just keep moving forward. Love that. We have time for one more. Okay. God left his calling card for us. It's the Bible. (laughs) Well, this is so special to me. And really, the only thing I can say about God's calling card and his Bible is that when we meet somebody, whether we're in business or ministry, and we want them to remember us, 
what do we do? We give them our card, right? I brought, I brought my card with me today. We give them our card. We say here, you know, give me a call. Well, and that's how we want them to remember us. And that's how we want them to get back to us. And so I just really feel like God left his calling card. He gave us the, his word, the Bible, because he wants us to get to know him better. And he wants us to get back to him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it's so beautiful because it's alive. It is not just words on a piece of paper that are now dead. They aren't dead. And if anybody, I know you have had this happen and you guys listening, I know you've probably had this happen. If you haven't, it will happen to you that you're just reading along and something jumps off the page at you. It's like, that is what I needed to see right now. I needed that word right now. Yes. And that is the best, isn't it? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very relational. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for joining us here today. I love you. Love your ministry and just love what God is doing through you. Thank you so much for having me. And you guys can learn more about Deborah at her website, which is womenofthewell.org or over at womenspeakers.com. If you click on the state of Ohio, she's going to come up right there. everybody, this is Marnie, and I'm excited to be here today with one of our featured speakers from womenspeakers.com, Maureen Hager of Flat Rock, North Carolina. Welcome to you, Maureen. Thank you for having me, Marnie. <laughs> and thanks for joining us. I'm excited to pick your brain because you've had some really cool opportunities with God through the years to learn about him and to share him in your speaking uh, ministry and with others. And so we've got some aha moments that we're going to share. I'm going to dive right in. All right. The best way to heal a broken heart is to give God all the pieces. Um, let me just um, start out saying that all of my aha moments have come about through the trauma that I experienced uh, after being shot. I uh, was in a biker gang and was shot with M16 mm. rifles. And that started a very long journey, but one that the Lord just kept revealing things to me. I didn't know him at the time. And um, all of these are things that he showed me during my time of recovery. And so um, because I had pain and brokenness, I had hardened my heart. And um, that's not a good place to be. My resolve was uh, no one is ever going to hurt me again. Nothing. Uh, and so um, the Lord wasn't really, uh, I wasn't allowing him to minister to me with, uh, <clears throat> with that um, uh, locked door. So he asked me to unlock the door, let my brokenness out. Mm. And he is so faithful. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that it was easy, but we would take one issue at a time. And I mean, truly, I could feel him with me and showing me uh, truths and uh, lies that I had listened to. And the healing began. Mm, wow. And it's so true that we can trust him with all the pieces, even the most painful. In fact, more so. <laughs> With the most right. painful, but there's a lie going on in our head that we can't. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, and I definitely believed several of those lies, which put, <laughs> me, which put me in danger in the first place. But um, right. you know, it was, it's I'm just so grateful. Mm -hmm. Everything mm -hmm. the Lord has shown me. 
The next one is, you are not too broken. Your past does not define you, and you can be whole again. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) The the Lord offers us a new life. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17, most of us are familiar with that and love that scripture. Uh, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed, and the new things have come. And um, knowing that early on through my healing just gave me such hope that um, he's with us. You know, he was broken for you and for me. And that's important to remember. And I always felt like everything that I was going through that he could emphasize with me because he's Mm -hmm. called a man of sorrows. So, uh, you know, if with a broken limb or whatever it might be, Jesus, he knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. You tell us to become a prisoner of hope. Oh, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let me just, I'd like to read it because it's so strong. Um, uh, it's uh, that. Zechariah 9.12, return to the stronghold, O prisoners who have the hope. This very day I am declaring, I will restore double to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel that I truly am a prisoner of hope. Uh, and, And it's important to remember that whatever happens to us in life, you know, we, we need to choose hope that the Lord, all the promises he's given us, there's so many. And if we could just stay focused on that and on him, um, we will become a prisoner of hope because it's a biblical foundation. Uh, It's not just a matter of, oh, I hope it doesn't rain today. And I hope, you know, that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about trusting him with our life. I love that. And a few years ago, God had really convicted me that I was placing hope in all kinds of other things other than him. (laughs) And that really my hope is in Christ alone. And that's where the power is. And that's where um, our heart is secure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you see yourself now as an overcomer in Christ's steadfast love. Yes. Yes. Um. Uh, well, I think we have a choice in our life. God gives us a free choice. We can become an overcomer, come out of being a victim. I was a victim. I, you know, and I had to make a choice. Do I want to stay a victim or become an overcomer? And God gives us all the uh, promises that we need to truly become an overcomer. And I mean, it's just so wonderful, but we can trust him. It comes down to trust. We have to trust him with our life, the plan that he has. I mean, his plan is the best. Mm-hmm. So, you know, his work on the cross is what secured our hope and healing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You say, be willing to surrender embedded memories of shame, guilt, and condemnation to God. Well, um, in Hebrews 13, he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Well, that's a very good promise to hold on to. Um, 
We have to know who God is, who who He says He is, who He how He sees us, and um, there's certainly uh, plenty of uh, scriptures that uh, give us that that hope of who He says He is. We need to see Him yeah. as He sees us, um, but He'll never leave us or forsake us, and. He, you know, he's reaching out to us. He, he, he is ready to accept sinners, and I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> it's kind of fun because that's the only kind of people he ever did accept. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we can rest in it. He's got enough grace for us. You talked yeah. in that one though about the embedded memories of shame, guilt, and condemnation, and uh, uh, reopening yourself up and revealing those things to God, which is. It feels so, um, I don't know, like to me, I really struggled for a long time mm -hmm. with that. It feels kind of dirty or it feels like um, a little disrespectful to let God see all of the junk, to really be honest with all of the feelings that we're having. They're so sometimes so icky and so contrary to who God is. Um, and yet Absolutely. they are in us. They're, they're, they're in our you know, deep-seated memories are the agreements that we made when we were in, like you said earlier, you, you made an agreement. I will never let anybody hurt me like that again. Mm -hmm. You know, and we make these agreements in moments of trauma. Yes. And then God wants to heal all the way back to the root of that mm -hmm. uh, emotional trauma and that agreement that we made. When you look back at your life, <laughs> Maureen, since the shooting, since... Christ came and has just redeemed you and restored so much joy and so much yes. to your emotional and spiritual life. When you look back, where was it, where was it that you became actually uh, full of enough faith? I want to say courageous, but it's really about your faith right. being enough, you know, where you had enough faith to really say, now, God, I'm just going to trust you to heal this. Right. Right. Well, um, you know, I was at for I went for a long journey through healing physically, but mm -hmm. I eventually did come back to my um, where I started in New Jersey, and a friend got in touch with me and brought me to a um, service, and I mean I it was a baptismal service, and I'm thinking, well, if God could work with all these people, you know, we're hearing stories <laughs> of. Uh, alcoholism and you know I, all of this i sure. thought maybe there's hope for me and that's what it really started mm. and that night mm. i i came home and i said you know lord could you do that for me because mm. that was like a total new revelation that god could heal uh people of these uh diseases and circumstances and so um i reached out to him <laughs> And of course, he said, you know, yes, yes. And that was the start of uh, learning his word and all, all that he all that he is. Hmm. So beautiful. You like to say that brokenness is a reality for all of us. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no exceptions. <laughs> um, you got to. Let that brokenness out of hiding. Just, you know, I, I meet so many people and it's like they hear the word brokenness and it's like such a negative word. Mm. That's not really what the scripture tells us. It tells us we'll all be broken. There's going to mm. be circumstances and pain in our life, but, you know, you're not there alone. 
And um, to think that you're going to escape some sort of brokenness is just not what the Bible tells us. Uh, again, it's a surrendering of our will and our trust yeah. in him. You know, healing is possible. And, you know, don't be afraid to say, you know, look, I'm broken in this area and then seek him. Mm -hmm. Seek him. Yeah. And just and just agree, believe that it's true that God doesn't ever have anybody come to him that doesn't need him. I mean, all of us, come, all of us come, you know, we all come with our same stories and our same, you know, our unique, our unique stories rather and our unique sin issues and our unique yes. brokenness. But we're all broken. It's we're just broken. bottom line. And he is the savior, which is, you know, which is why I think Amazing Grace is the most favorite song of all time. Yeah. Because it truly is amazing. And yeah. it extends to everyone. Yeah. And our, we need his grace. We need grace. Our last one is God commands us to forgive, but it requires a conscious choice to do so. Yes, this is a biggie. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of people in my life that I needed to forgive. And I was like, you know, that's not happening. Um, there was so much mm. hurt from so many people, but mm. did start to uh, see that, you know, if I didn't forgive, then, you know, how could I expect the Lord to forgive me? And mm. it was a lot to forgive. <laughs> um, so yeah. I learned, I started mm. by seeing um, mm. what the scripture said about forgiveness. And I realized that forgiveness is not a feeling. It's it's not a feeling. It's an action. It's yeah. action that you, you know, you say to yourself, I'm going to work to forgive this person and ask the Lord to cleanse your heart while you're doing it. And, right. you know, it doesn't mean that what they did to you was OK. Right. Um, but uh, one thing that one key that I I discovered was if I asked the Lord to show me the um, person that I needed to forgive. Lord, let me see him as you see him. Mm. Wow. That, that was a big mm. like moment uh, for me. And, you know, sometimes we think we've forgiven the person mm. and we've done work to do that, but then something will come up, you know, in our life yeah. situation. And we're like, uh Oh, there's more to do, but that's okay. Cause you know, we may need to spend uh, many, many months and years um, in, total, in total forgiveness. But you can take that step today and start um, yeah. and, mm -hmm. and let God show you. You know, when I realized, hey, let, let me see what how God sees this person. Wow, it really made a big difference. Yeah, beautiful. And you guys can learn more about Maureen over at womenspeakers.com. If you click on North Carolina, she'll come right up there. Also, she has a website with her name, MaureenHager.com, and you can learn more about her there. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Perspective Transformation Radio, changing the world one perspective at a time. Learn more about today's guests at www.PerspectiveTransformation.com, more about our sponsor at WomenSpeakers.com, and swing over and visit me at marnie.com. Feel free to share this program with your friends and social networks and listen live every Wednesday afternoon or catch the archives at Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite site. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you next time.